Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. That's where I am right now. But let me go ahead and turn this music down. Shout out to you guys. Glad to be here with you guys again for another episode of Rated Rev. Look, we have some things to talk about. And uh, I really don't want to be on here long. And I'm kind of debating whether or not I want to go through my season recap tonight or if I want to want to wait until next week. I'm thinking I'm kind of want to wait until next week to talk about that so I can get, you know, most of my thoughts, you know, together because I want to have some season uh awards you know and all that kind of stuff so i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead and, and and put a pencil in that until next week so make sure you guys come back and join me next week as i go ahead and recap the season and all that kind of stuff um but today i really wanted to really wanted to dive in and talk about uh the coaching changes that are transpiring right now there's some coaching changes that are going on right now, and I want to hear from you all. And we're, we're going we're to talk about just, just kind of what, what all this means. So if you are living under a rock, you know, or you've just been busy and you don't know what's going on, Eric Washington, former Buffalo Bills assistant uh, head coach and the uh, D-line coach, he has – left Buffalo to become the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Eric Washington is gone, and he is now the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Now, first and foremost, I want to give, you know, E-Dub a shout-out because Eric Washington has been a trooper. He's been here. Um, he, started his, he started here in Buffalo, um, I think, in 2020. He began in Buffalo in 2020, and he's been uh, the defensive line coach for the Bills ever since that time. So let's let's, let's kind of let's go back and let's 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 take a look at, at at Eric Washington and where he came from because I, I I'm gonna 
I'm going to show how a lot of these these relationships intersect and uh, what we can expect now that he's gone and uh, some of the changes that, that might happen. So Eric Washington was here in Buffalo in 2020, but he came from Carolina. He started his career in Carolina. Um, this is this is where his his he, he intersects with Sean McDermott in 2011. So back in 2011, so from 2011 to 2019, he spent his time in Carolina, um, coaching with Sean McDermott. Now, in case you didn't know, Sean McDermott was a defensive coordinator in Carolina. He started back in 2011. So from 2011 to 2016, he was a defensive coordinator. Underneath him, he had Eric Washington. Eric, Eric Washington was almost like his right-hand man. So it makes sense as to why when Sean had the time, had, well, had the opportunity, he brought him over with him to Buffalo in 2020. Now, when you look at it, um, a lot of people, are, you know, well, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say a lot of people, but there, there are, you know, a decent amount of people who think that, you know, I mean, Eric Washington um, didn't really do a whole lot with the Bills um, since he's been here. I mean, that that's debatable. But, you know, these coaches, it's all about it's all about comfort and familiarity. Very rarely are you going to find a coach who's going to bring in somebody who they don't know or who they have never had a working relationship with before at all. But Eric Washington has been with Sean McDermott back in 2011. So since then. Now, he's a very respected coach across the league. Um, you, you, you don't you don't stay in the NFL that long if you're not a good coach. I mean, in, in Eric Washington's resume, he goes back even before um, his time in Carolina. I mean, he coached uh, the Bears from 20 from uh, 2008 to 2010. Um, and so that's that's when he started his 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 pro career. And he was a defensive line coach then. So he has a long history in the NFL coaching. Very strong pedigree. I actually like Eric Washington a whole lot, and I'm glad he finally was able to get his opportunity um, to be his own guy, to be his own man, and be the defensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears. Uh, he did, however, spend time as a defensive coordinator um, in Carolina from 2018 to 2019. Now, that happened, uh, if you guys remember, let me kind of go back a little bit here, and I don't want to mess up my dates, but I do believe that once Sean McDermott left Carolina in 2017, I think the defensive coordinator became Steve Wilkes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe Steve Wilkes was a defensive coordinator um, when Sean McDermott left. And yeah, that's correct. So Steve Wilkes took his place. He, he, he was, he was a he was a assistant head coach and the defensive coordinator for Carolina back in 2017. So when Sean McDermott left, Steve Wilkes took his place. Okay. But then Steve Wilkes left and you know, he became the head coach for Arizona that one year. And when he left, that's when, uh, Eric Washington became the defensive coordinator back in Carolina. So I say that to say this, that, that, that Eric Washington has experience and he has experience being a defensive coordinator, even though it was one year. So then he comes to Buffalo and he, and he's again under Sean McDermott for all of these years were three years under him, defensive line coach, assistant uh, um, head coach and whatnot. So he was, he'd already been learning from Sean, but he was basically 
just 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 waiting his time and waiting for an opportunity. His opportunity finally came this year. And so I'm 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 extremely glad that he was able to get his 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 shot um to kind of spread his wings outside of Sean McDermott in a different environment, you know, in Chicago, where he has familiarity with some of the players that he's coached before, namely uh Tremaine Edmonds is there. So he has familiar familiarity there in Chicago with Tremaine Edmonds. So I think he's going to do well. You know, one of the things that 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 when when the news came out that really kind of struck me, it, it was kind of weird and odd, was that um, I think Tom Pelissero uh, tweeted that um, head coach Eberflus is still going to call plays. So that was kind of weird. Like so, Eberflus hires. Eric Washington to be his defensive coordinator, but he's still calling plays. So that makes me wonder why Eric Washington, you know, took that job like that when he's not even going to get the opportunity to call his own plays. You know, maybe it's it's still a chance to 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 get out from underneath the the, the shadow or the wings of Sean McDermott and possibly give himself a chance to be able to call his own plays in a year or so. Uh, while having that title as defensive coordinator. I, I don't know what's going to happen in Chicago. We don't know. But and it also, uh, obviously, it's, it's likely going to be a, a pay raise too. So anyway, I, I just thought that was kind of strange that he would leave to be a defensive coordinator who was not calling his own plays. Nevertheless, um, he's gone, he's out, and so that leaves a void in the coaching staff. Now, Many people are talking about, well, what is going to happen now? Who is going to fill that void? Um, not just as the D-line coach and the assistant head coach, but 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 what is Sean McDermott going to do now? Because this year, Sean McDermott did not name a defensive coordinator. He was the de facto defensive coordinator this year, and he called the plays. He ran the ship on defense, and he did a very good job. Um, obviously, you know, we look at the last game um, against the Chiefs and it was it was probably one of their worst outings. But uh, I, I put a lot of that on the fact that there were so many guys that were banged up. It, it was it was very difficult for him to do anything. I mean, that defense was compromised and and still throughout the entire year to be able to do what he was able to do under the circumstances was, you know, hats off to Sean McDermott. He, he did. A, he did a fantastic job, in my opinion. So. He got the chance to kind of get back in the swing of things as a defensive coordinator, calling plays. You know uh, that 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 uh, you know he 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 got excited about that. You know his his juices got to flowing a little bit. So many people are wondering, well, what is Sean going to do going into this offseason and heading into the twenty fourth year? Is he still going to be the defensive coordinator and still going to call plays, or is he? going to finally name himself a defensive coordinator. What is that going to do? What is he going to do? There's some big decisions that need to be made uh, this offseason. As soon, I mean, really soon, though, a matter of fact, you know, since we're talking about it. And a lot of people have been talking about an in-house name, and that is the current linebackers coach, Bobby Babbage. Bobby Babbage. So... Bobby Babbage is a hot commodity, extremely hot commodity 
Um, he came in Buffalo in 2017. So he's been here since then, since 2017. Um, right on along with Sean McDermott when he became the head coach. And if 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 you notice that there's kind of a trend when it comes to 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 the Sean McDermott coaching tree and 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 the defensive coaches that that he has underneath them, typically you'll find them starting off coaching the defensive backs or the secondary and then transitioning to linebacker and then being in position after that to be a defensive coordinator. Steve Wilkes actually had that similar trajectory, that, that same path. He, he, he had coached defensive backs for a number of years, number of years first. And then he finally got his chance to be the defensive coordinator once Sean McDermott left. So now you've got Bobby Babbage who he, who he really brought up under his wings along with his dad. Um, and he just coached him up, and he started off coaching the defensive backs. Did a phenomenal job, phenomenal job uh, coaching the defensive backs. Um, I do believe that uh, back in, let me see here, uh, 2017, his first year, we see Micah Hyde earned his first Pro Bowl berth. <laughs> so Micah Hyde, you know, got his first Pro Bowl berth while Bobby Babbage was the coach of the defensive backs. Also, um, Tredavis White, who was a rookie at that time, he recorded 18 passes defensed. Um, he tied first among all rookies in that season. And then Jordan Poyer and Hyde were the NFL's only safety duo to each have five interceptions. That was in 2017, his first year with the Bills coaching the defensive backs. And then we moved to 2019, two years later, and Jordan Poyer finished the season with a career-high 103 tackles and Micah Hyde returned an onside kick for a touchdown in the NFL's first since 2010. 2020. The Bills finished third in the NFL in takeaways with 25, seventh in interceptions with 15. The Bills also won the team's first division title in, since 96 and reached the conference championship in 2020. Okay. A 2021, still underneath Bobby Babbage's tutelage, coaching the defensive backs, we find Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer named first team and second team all pro, respectively. Jordan Poyer, first team all pro. Micah Hyde, second team all pro. Needless to say, Bobby Babbage, when he was spending his time as a defensive, I mean, as a, as a secondary coach or defensive backs coach or whatever you want to say, he was instrumental, instrumental in the development of key players in Sean McDermott's secondary. You look at, you look at, I mean, we go back to 2017, Sean McDermott, one of the, found, the foundational pieces to his defense in free agency, remember free agency before the draft, was Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde, both really unknown names, right? Sean McDermott trusted, entrusted those two safeties into the hands of a very young Bobby Babbage. Then that same year, they went ahead and drafted Tredavious White in round one, his first draft pick, a cornerstone cornerback, and Tredavious White, whom he entrusted in a very young Bobby Babbage, who did a phenomenal job developing rookie Tredavious White into the all-pro that he, that, that he has been, and the same for both 
Jordan Poirier and Micah Hyde. And he's still been able to develop other young talent in the secondary. Then he moved and became the linebackers coach um, back in 2020. I mean, 2022. So in 2022, he became the linebackers coach. And what did he do in 2022? He helped linebacker Matt Milano lead the Bills in, in, uh, with uh, 12 and a half tackles for loss. He had 99 tackles that season, three interceptions, two fumble recoveries. And Matt Milano also earned first-team All-Pro recognition for the first time in his career in 2022. So everything that Bobby Babbage touches turns to gold. Whenever he gets his hands on a player or players, they are, he is able to get the most out of them and the best out of them. You know, we hear Sean McDermott um, oftentimes talk about, you know, you know uh, when selling Buffalo, he, he, he sells it by saying that, you know, it's a place where you can become the best version of yourself. That does not happen without having the coaches in place. And he has Bobby Babbage in place, and he has had him in place since 2017, and he has groomed these players into becoming who they are today. So now we sit here and we look at, at Bobby Babbage. We wonder, okay, he started off as a defensive backs coach under Sean McDermott. He transitioned to linebackers coach uh, a couple of years ago. Now is now the time for him to be the defensive coordinator for Sean McDermott. He's, he's been groomed underneath him ever since he started here. Well, now in this season, this is very interesting because it comes on the tail end of Sean McDermott getting back into coaching the defense. So now you wonder, is Sean McDermott going to be willing to let that go? At the same time, he's going to have to make a big decision very quickly because Bobby Babbage is a very hot commodity. And uh, in case you didn't know, he has garnered a lot of attention from the NFL. Reports have, have come out indicating that Bobby Babbage has um, been requested to be interviewed by the New York Giants, Brian Dayball, you know. So he has firsthand experience with Bobby Babbage from his time in Buffalo as the offensive coordinator. Then word came out that uh, the Green Bay Packers requested to uh, interview Bobby Babbage for their vacant defensive coordinator position. And if that wasn't enough, the Miami Dolphins requested to interview Bobby Babbage for their vacant defensive coordinator position. Now, within what, a couple of days? Here you go. Now, now you're, 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 you're a young coach whom you've groomed, had under your wings since you became a head coach with Buffalo in 2017, is now getting interest from three different teams. What is Sean McDermott going to do? What is he going to do? Because you have to believe that a coach like Bobby Babbage is definitely going to take advantage of the opportunities that he has before him. He would, it would, he would, be, un, it would be unwise of him 
not to take those those opportunities or take advantage of them. At least, you know, interview and find out what's going on. What this could mean for the Bills if Bobby Babbage leaves Buffalo, it could be monumental. Because um, it's hard to find those kind of coaches. And when you have a coach that you've poured into and this coach has gotten results after results after results, you don't want to lose him. However, I will say this. This is the mark of a good head coach. So for all of those out there who who are re- who are ready to get rid of Sean McDermott, you may want to think about this for a second. You know how good a coach is by whether or not his coaches are getting poached. Okay. Is anybody else or is it, are there are there any other teams interested in his coaching staff? If not, uh, you know, you may have you know, just a mediocre head coach on your hands. But if you got coaches who are getting poached and who are growing and developing and moving on to better things um, and getting promotions, that's a, that's a staple of a very good head coach who not only coaches players but coaches his coaches. You look at, you look at Brian Dayball and what he's doing. He got his opportunity to be a head coach, in, you know, with the Giants. So now you're looking at these other guys, Eric Washington, was with Sean McDermott for a very long time, all the way back to, to Carolina. Finally, he's got his opportunity. Now he's a defensive coordinator in Chicago to spread his wings. Bobby Babbage now is getting interest from three separate teams, and he's extremely young. This is a this this is the mark of a good head coach. I'm I'm sorry to say it, but it really is. And his coaches are getting poached. So now what will happen if Bobby Babbage leaves? What kind of a hole, what kind of a dent will that leave on the coaching staff for the Bills? Um, I, I, believe it's, I believe it could leave a big hole. And I agree, uh, Legit comes in and says, yo, look at his body of work. He's, he's a good one. He's a very good one. You know, I'm talking about Babbage, he's, he's a very, very good coach, very good young coach. Uh. <laughs> If he leaves, I think I remember hearing Matt Milano saying something to the, to the, to the fact that Bobby Babbage is one of the best coaches he has ever had before in his life. The best coach. And you're starting to see it. Because we have three teams wanting to interview for a defensive coordinator position within a week. You know that they see something and they understand how good he is. He is on the verge of being a superstar coach in this league. And make no mistake about it. If he leaves, it will be a huge void to fill. So looking at it, hypothetically, if he does leave, where does that leave the bills? Who was able to fill in his void? Because currently, he's just, I mean, he's the linebacker's coach. But who is going to be able to fill in the void? And what will Sean McDermott do? Now, having a defensive 
head coach, you don't have to necessarily worry about a defensive coordinator. No more than if you had an offensive-minded head coach, would you have to worry about an offensive coordinator, right? You don't see Andy Reid sweating, you know, and shaking in, in his boots, you know, when an offensive coordinator leaves, you know, or offensive coach and his staff leaves because he's a guy. At the end of the day, he can coach the offense. He calls plays. You know what I'm saying? So, so from that perspective alone, I'm not worried about the future of the Bills' defense because we have a guy, Sean McDermott, who could coach the defense. That's where he cut his teeth. That's what got him his job in the first place. So don't be worried about it from that perspective, okay? But when you look at the coaches, though, and the void that it fills, I mean, the, the, the void that it, that it leaves, you need to find out who can step up. Here is another mark of a good coach. Because while a lot of people are talking about Bobby Babbage and his potential to leave, there is another coach um, who I haven't really heard a lot of people talk about. I haven't heard a lot of people talk about, um, and it could be the reason why perhaps, and of course I'm just, I'm just making assumptions here because we, I don't know what the conversations are like. I don't know what kind of conversations Sean has had, you know, with Babbage or whatnot. Maybe he's told him, Hey, you know, go out there and test the market. You know, you, he, maybe he gave him one of those Brandon Bean lines, you know, uh, you've earned the right to, to test free agency, so to speak, you know. Uh, I don't know. But we're starting to see Sean McDermott already, you know, making some moves, so to speak. So word on the street came out that Sean McDermott now is, uh, he is going to be interviewing, uh, what is his name? I'm trying to see where uh, where it went. Um, he was, I think, the former defensive coordinator for the for the Eagles. Um, where did it go? I think I had bookmarked it, you know, on my Twitter page. If you if 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 any of you um, in the chat right now know his name, please drop his name in the chat. I'm trying to find it. Um, I think the I think the Buffalo Fanatics. I think we they put it out earlier today, and I'm trying to go back to find his name. But we know that, here it is, Sean Desai. So the Bills are interviewing Sean Desai for their defensive coordinator job today. So that was today, okay? Um, and, he, and he came from, from the Eagles. Now, again, we don't know the conversations that are going on. Um, could this, this interview with Sean Desai just, you know, be you know, just them satisfying the Rooney rule. I mean, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it, it could be, it, it couldn't, it could not be, it could be a legit interview where he's, you know, you know, looking into other people. It could be just a formality, you know what I'm saying? And Bobby Babbage basically already has a job and he's just going through with the process, you know, but needless to say, Sean McDermott is doing his due diligence. However, there is an in-house name that I haven't heard people talk about. And that particular name is Al Holcomb. Al Holcomb. Al Holcomb currently is the senior defensive assistant for the Bills right now. Senior defensive assistant. Now, this is where it gets intriguing. And this is where I, I 
you know, I, I tell you, I would tell you guys to uh, just to be just to be OK. It's going to be OK. I, I get it. You know, uh, we don't want to lose any coach, really, any good coach. Um, Bobby Babich is, 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 a, is a phenomenal coach. We don't want to lose him. However, just let me just throw this name, you know, at you and you guys do your own research and you, you make, you know, come up, come to your own conclusions. Al Holcomb, currently the senior defensive assistant for the Buffalo Bills right now. Okay. He joined his staff this year. Remember, mind you that. So now where does he intersect with Sean McDermott? You go all the way back to 2013. 2013 with Carolina, he was the linebackers coach. From 2013 to 2017, he was the linebackers coach in Carolina under Sean McDermott, who was at that time the defensive coordinator. Remember, I told you earlier that Sean McDermott, when he's grooming his his, his coaches in this, you know, uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they normally either start in the secondary and move to the linebackers or they start in linebackers. However, that's how he grooms them. Okay. He done he did that with, with Bobby Babbage in Buffalo from 2017 until now, starting at the defensive backs and then the linebackers coach. But when you look at Al Holcomb, Al Holcomb started with, with Sean McDermott back in 2013 in Carolina. He was the linebackers coach then from 2013 to 2017. All right. What did he do? What did he do during that time? Well, he coached. We know who he is. Luke Keekley. Okay. Luke Keekley. Um, and during that time, I think he says that the Panthers uh uh linebackers they had led the NFL with 24 interceptions while making 35 total takeaways. The defense as a whole led the NFL with 241 sacks and allowed just 93.4 yard uh, rushing yards per game, which was the fewest in the league. Here's another thing to, to, to take a look at. He helped Luke Keekley's development as well. Do you remember Luke Keekley was named the Defensive Player of the Year in 2013? Luke Keekley was named the Defensive Player of the Year in 2013, which was the same year that Al Holcomb was the linebackers coach. Okay. And from that point on, Luke Keekley was chosen to five consecutive Pro Bowls and named first-team All-Pro four times, all under the tutelage of Al Holcomb. You've got Thomas Davis. Remember Thomas Davis there, too, because he had Keekley and Thomas Davis? Yeah, Thomas Davis made three consecutive Pro Bowls and was named first-team All-Pro as well back in 2015. Al Holcomb was still the linebackers coach then. So Al Holcomb, his thing was linebackers. That's where he cut his teeth. You look at, you look at Bobby Babbage cut his teeth early with the secondary. Al Holcomb cut his teeth with the linebackers. Okay. He is known for developing linebackers. All right. That's what he did in Carolina. But then Al Holcomb got his chance to move on up because when uh, Sean McDermott left Carolina to become the head coach here in Buffalo in 2017, Al Holcomb 
left Carolina as well. And in 2018, he went to Arizona and was a defensive coordinator slash assistant head coach there with Steve Wilkes. Remember, I told Steve Wilkes, who was under Sean McDermott as well. So there's this, there's a coaching tree with Sean McDermott here. Okay. Then Al Holcomb moved um, after Wilkes got fired in one year. He went to Cleveland and he was a linebackers coach and run game coordinator there. And then he went back to Carolina in 2020 to 2021, was a defensive run game coordinator. And then in 2022, he became the interim defensive coordinator slash assistant head coach. And then in 2023, he came on the Buffalo Bills coaching staff as a senior defensive assistant. Why did I mention him and go back and go, and go through his history? The reason I did that was because I wanted you guys to know who Sean McDermott already has in-house. Again, this is a sign of a good head coach. He brings coaches on, he grooms them, he develops them, and he continues to replenish it with guys who he's had before. And, the, and, and Al Holcomb is a guy who I have full confidence in, complete confidence in. If Bobby Babbage were to leave, I have, I would, I would, I would say with 99% certainty, Al Holcomb would slide in and become the defensive coordinator. That's exactly what I believe will happen, especially when you look at Eric Washington leaving, okay? And then if Bobby Babbage were to leave, you have Al Holcomb who could slide right in there and become a defensive coordinator. Now, whether or not Sean will allow him to, to call the plays is a different story, but at least we know that Al Holcomb has done it before. And that's the difference. That's the difference between he and Bobby Babbage. Bobby Babbage hasn't, he has never been a defensive coordinator before, and he's never obviously called plays. Whereas Al Holcomb has a lengthy resume where he's not only coached these elite, elite players like Luke Keekley and Thomas Davis. Oh, and by the way, he also coached Jeremy Chin safety as well um, in Carolina. So now then he had his chance to be the defensive coordinator and call play. So, so I'm what I say, I'm saying this, I'm saying all of that to say this. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Will Bobby Babbage be missed? Absolutely. Absolutely. He'll be missed. But we have people in-house. Al Holcomb. Don't sleep on Al Holcomb. I'm just saying. Don't sleep on Al Holcomb. Now, let me take this chance right now. I want to go through the chat because I want to read some of your chats and I want to see what you guys are talking about. Um, and, and, and share some of your concerns. If, if you have concerns about the coaching staff right now, minus Sean McDermott, just the coaching staff, specifically like the, the defensive court coaching staff with Eric Washington leaving and then Bobby Babbage garnering all this, all this attention. If you have any concerns about that, let me know in the chat and I'm going to go back and, and read some of them. Okay. Um, so I'm, I'm looking here through the chat and I'm trying to see if anybody had mentioned anything um, about the coaches. I see Bill I am coming in say, talking about uh, Desai uh, coming from Philly who's, who's interviewing um, – for their vacant defensive coordinator job here with Buffalo. He says, yo, he had a very good defense. It didn't work out. Um, not a good option for me, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, he's a good coach, but, you know, you have to believe that that Sean McDermott, though, is is, is going to be coaching these players. And here's, a, here's another thing. This is why this is why I think Sean is, 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 is so smart when it comes to uh, coaches. Because... 
let's just say, let's just say Bobby Babbage leaves. All right. Let's say he does leave. But then you have Al Holcomb, who McDermott goes ahead and promotes to be the defensive coordinator. Al Holcomb is an older guy, but who are you going to have still in, you know, in-house that you can continue to, to grow and develop, right? Because you want to keep that pipeline open, right, of young coaches. Could Sean Desai be that guy? He is a very young coach. He's 40 years old, all right? 40 years old. Um, let me see here. Of course, he has a defensive coordinator experience because he was a DC back in Philly under under uh, Nick Sirianni. Um, he was the assistant, I mean, associate defensive head coach back in 2022 with the Seahawks. All right, um, in 13 with the Chicago Bears, quality control assistant under Mark Tressman. All right, and so I think a guy like Desai, especially now that. There's an open now. Now that he has to find somewhere to go, because Vic Fangio is now the new defensive coordinator for the for the for the Eagles, Desai may have to settle for taking a lower level position with another team, right? If he does not get a defensive coordinator job, I I think that this could be one of these perfect hires where Sean McDermott brings him on and lets him either coach the defensive line or coach the linebackers, or, or coach the secondary, you know, and lets him groom. And so he has another young coach in the stable for when Al Holcomb, you know, he gets his chance and he maybe moves on. You see what I'm saying? So so these, these are these are the, the small intricacies um, of coaching and, 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 and these coaching moves and decisions that I think are very interesting around this time of year. And it kind of lets you know, um, you know, it gives you an idea of what some of these coaches are thinking. If I'm Sean McDermott, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking at replenishing my coaching staff on the defense side of the ball, and 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 just in case I lose Bobby Babbage, I've got a guy like 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 Sean Desai. I can go ahead and bring in and get him in the pipeline. You see, and so if he if he decides to promote Al Holcomb, Al Holcomb has familiarity with linebackers, so he could be the defensive coordinator slash linebackers coach, right? You bring in Desai, let him coach the defensive line or something like that, and then you still have John Butler. So, so the, this, I've, I feel very confident. I feel very confident on the defensive side of the ball in regards to the coaches, the coaching staff, because I think that Sean McDermott, as, an, as a defensive-minded head coach, he knows what he's doing, all right? That side of the ball, from a coaching perspective, is always going to be good. There's never going to be a hole, a glaring hole that he can't fill. Even if he has to do it himself, there won't be a, a, a vacant hole. Okay. Now, where things get interesting, however, is on the offensive side of the ball. This is where this is where things get interesting. Because we talked about the defensive side of the ball, but now what is Sean McDermott going to do on the offensive side of the ball? And shout out to everybody in the chat right now, man. Smash the like, hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. I appreciate you guys. Again, tonight's not going to be a long show. We're about 45 minutes in, um, and we're about to get ready to land this thing here shortly. So now when you look at the, the offensive side of the ball, 
This is the big one. Because now you have Joe Brady. Joe Brady has had this interim tag since um, Sean McDermott parted ways with Ken Dorsey in the regular season after the, after the Denver Broncos game. There has been no word, at least from, well, I may be wrong. I was going to say there's been no word as far as um, who Sean has, has interviewed for the vacant offensive coordinator position. I want to say he has interviewed um, um, not T. Martin. I thought, I thought there was another guy. Uh, doggone it. There was another guy I thought that he, had, he, had, he had already interviewed for their OC position. And I think it was a quarterback's coach for um, – was it the – no, it wasn't the Bucks. I can't remember. You guys let me know. Thad Lewis. There you go. Thank you, Richard. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. So Thad Lewis. So he interviewed Thad Lewis um, for their vacant offensive coordinator position here recently. Remember the, the last cycle before he hired um, Ken Dorsey, he had interviewed T. Martin and I think Edgar Bennett as well. So now he has those guys that he's already interviewed before. Now, whether or not he's going to give them an interview this time, I don't know. But this is interesting because you have Joe Brady now who is sitting here and he has gotten a head coaching interview with the Falcons. This is before the Falcons decided to make their, their decision, but he, but nevertheless, he's still interviewed. So that lets you know that Joe Brady, you know, he's a name that, that you could be looking to, to, he's a name, he's a coach that could be on his way out sooner than later. Okay. Now, I'm not sure whether or not Joe Brady um, is going to find himself an offensive coordinator position in this cycle. I haven't heard word from teams um, looking to interview him for their vacant for, for their offensive coordinator positions or not. Um, if, if there has been any news of that, you guys let me know. But uh, um, nevertheless, the Bills need to make a decision there. Now, I think, in my opinion, they need to do their due diligence, right? Um, you need to go ahead and hire guys just so you can get an idea of what's out there. Now, you're not going to be able to get these top top quality or, or top-of-the-market offensive coordinator guys because most of them – are not making lateral moves to be offensive coordinator somewhere else. These guys are getting snatched up to be head coaches. And that could be, you know, pose a problem when you have a defensive minded, a defensive head coach, right? Is when you have an offensive coordinator, you, you know, you lose an offensive coordinator and you try to replace them. You're not going to be able to get one of these top of the market guys like a Ben Johnson, you know, you know, from Detroit, you're not going to be, oh, or Bobby Slowick, you know, from, from Houston. These guys are in, the making for head coaching jobs. And if they don't get a head coaching job in this cycle, they're not going to take a lateral move. They're just going to stay where they are. You know, looking at Ben Johnson, if he doesn't get a job or Bobby Slow, he's not, he doesn't get a job. They just, they, they stay where they are for another year. And then they'll hit it again next year. So you're going to see a lot of, a lot of names from of players that, or of coaches 
that you don't really know of, or you know, or or they they're they're young coaches. They haven't really um, had their chance to be offensive coordinators. So when you see a guy like Thad Lewis, you know, a quarterbacks coach. Thad Lewis, remember Thad Lewis used to be the quarterback, you know, in Buffalo uh, a number of years ago, one of the backups. Um, you hear guys like T. Martin, who I think is the the, the quarterbacks coach in Baltimore. I think uh, these guys are here. These are the kind of the coaches that you that you can expect to get when you have a defensive minded head coach. All right. However, when you're able to land a guy like Joe Brady. This is where I think Sean McDermott needs to just go ahead and just make the decision. Okay. Because you brought, he brought Brady in last year. And Brady was groomed for an entire year. Now, mind you, Joe Brady is not, you know, some unproven coach. Joe Brady came from Carolina. This is, this is, you know, after uh, he had no, 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 no intersection with Sean McDermott in terms of coaching. Okay. Uh, but he was the defensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers under Matt rule for a year. Prior to that, he was coaching um, LSU in college. He coached their, I think he was their passing game coordinator and their wide receivers coach back when they had Justin Jefferson, Jamar chase, you know, um, uh, Clyde Eversley Lair, the running back, you know, and they won the national championship. So, that year alone is what got him the the offensive coordinator job with the Carolina Panthers. But then when Matt Rule got fired, I mean, you know, Matt Rule, after a year, you know, he he let him go. And then Matt Rule got fired the following year. Sean McDermott poached him. He like, you know, I'm not going to let this good coach sit on the, on the market. Bring him to Buffalo. Let him be the quarterback's coach here. Okay. So now he groomed him for a year. Let him be the quarterback's coach. And then he got his chance. He got his chance this year to be the interim OC. This guy has experience coaching. You know, he had more experience than Ken Dorsey did. Ken Dorsey was, was dream. All he was, was a quarterback's coach. And he was a scout before then, you know, um, you know, early in his Carolina days, but uh, he never called plays. He never had a chance to be an offensive coordinator. So, so Ken Dorsey was next in line, so to speak, but he wasn't more qualified and more experienced than, than, than Joe Brady, in my opinion. And, you know, proved that to be true because he got fired. So now you got Joe Brady here and you're wondering what's going to happen. I think that Sean McDermott should just go ahead and give him a job after he, after he, you know, does his, his, his rounds and, and interviewing, you know, Thad Lewis, and maybe he, he interviews another, another guy. I think Joe Brady, from what I saw, this year, from what was it, the Jets game on? Where did he go? Like, what was the Bills' record? Like seven and two, I think, since Joe Brady got hired to be the inter- uh, offensive coordinator. The offense was remarkable. Now, granted, there's a couple of games where they kind of you know stalled out a little bit. I'm, I'm looking at the, the Chargers game and the and the Patriots game, but still, they're able to kind of find their find their identity and i think that he did a very good job of maximizing ken dorsey's offense so while people may be critical of him keep in mind that was never his offense and he was put in between a rock and a hard place because he had the pressure of of fixing the offense and trying to get the offense on track so that way they can make a run and not miss the postseason 
that was a lot of pressure on Joe Brady at that time. I don't think we really realize the amount of pressure that was on him. He had a ton of pressure. And pressure either bursts pipes or it makes diamonds. And in my opinion, I think it made a diamond in Joe Brady and the, the Bills offense. I mean, they they never missed, they never missed a step. After the, the Eagles game, they went on an incredible run. Incredible run. And he helped Joe, he helped Josh Allen get back on track and he helped the offense get back on track. And I think he did a phenomenal job and maxed out Ken Dorsey's offense. I think he deserved to have that interim tag removed and become the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Now, it doesn't it doesn't hurt that Josh Allen gives him his sign of approval, right? However, in my opinion, I'm if I'm Sean, I'm like, you know what, uh, Josh, I love you, I, I appreciate you, I respect you, but you may want to just sit this one out for, you know, sit this one out because you gave me your seal of approval for Ken Dorsey, and uh, Ken Dorsey got fired. He didn't cut it, so. Um, I'm not doing this necessarily because of you. Uh, I'm doing this because I think it's the best decision for the offense. But uh, when you look at him, what's there not to like, right? You've seen what he could do with somebody else's offense. Imagine what he could do with his own. Now, I will say this. There are some other names, though, that, that intrigue me a lot. They really intrigue me a lot. Uh, I, I already see a couple of them in the chat right now. Let me let me let me let me let me go ahead and and uh and, and drop one for you. And I, first of all, I, I want to see where this particular guy is. I think he I think he's back in the NFL. Um, where is he? Uh. Hmm. I think he's looking to move on from college. So I'm, I'm talking about Cliff Kingsbury, okay? Cliff Kingsbury uh, was not the best head coach in, in Arizona. But, man, oh, man, when you, when, you, when you talk about offensive coordinator, you go back to his time in college with Texas Tech, and you look at um, – you look at what he did in Texas Tech and how he groomed in case you didn't, you know, in case you, you, you know, uh, didn't realize he, he groomed Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes was a quarterback under Cliff Kingsbury in Texas Tech in college. All right. Now, Cliff Kingsbury is known for that air raid offense, spread him, spread him out um, offense, you know, from the big 12, you know, back when it was Cl Cliff Kingsbury versus, uh, um, What's my man's name? Uh, came from OU, went to he's he's now the head coach in, in uh, SC. I'm having a brain fart, but you guys know who I'm talking about because Cliff Kingsbury actually decided to to go ahead and coach there with him. Um, I think this year in SC. Anyway, so his offense is 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 deadly. Air raid attack, sling the rock all over the place. Um. I like Cliff Kingsbury. I like him a lot uh, from a offensive perspective, right? I really do. Uh, now I think word on the street is 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 he may be. Um, is he is he, is he getting in line to be? 
I don't know if he's being interviewed or if the Steelers are interviewing him or something like that. I'm, I think I, I've seen some news about that. But anyway, uh, Cliff Kingsbury is a name. Lincoln Riley, there it is. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Cliff, uh, Chris uh, Farley comes in. Yeah, Lincoln Riley. So Lincoln Riley, Big 12, man, you had Lincoln Riley, that air raid offense, and then you had, you know, uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, his air raid offense in, in Texas Tech. And then at that time, you know, you had Baker Mayfield and OU, and then you had Pat Mahomes, and, man, they were going at it. There was no defense whatsoever. Uh, they were torching the Big 12. That offense is that, that offense is is nasty. Okay. Um, and then so I'm thinking about like, like, well, how well, like what would that look like in Buffalo? In my opinion, it would be phenomenal because w- w- when was Josh at his best? Well, when you go back and you look at Brian Dayball, okay, um, and they spread the ball out. Shotgun spread the ball out. You had Stefan Diggs, John Brown, Cole Beasley. And Gabe Davis. And then when they got rid of John Brown, then they had Emmanuel Sanders, and they spread the ball out. Okay. This air raid offense is, 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 is like that. A lot of RPO spread the ball out. I think Josh is at his best when he's doing that. The thing is, it's going to be about what they want their offensive identity to be. They made it a concerted effort over the last year to, to try to, you know, uh, implement this 12 personnel where they had two tight ends and, and try to be multiple, you know, and it worked in, at, at spurts and spurts and it didn't work. You know, it just really depended, you know, there, there are times it worked and times it didn't work. I think it worked better, um, you know, when, when uh, Joe Brady was able to mix it up a little bit, but however, the offense I think was, was operating at an, at an elite clip when they were spreading the ball out. 11 personnel, one, one running back, one tight end, 10 personnel, one running back, no tight ends. They spread the ball out. It, phenomenal. I think that's what Josh is at his best. So if you get a guy like Cliff Kingsbury, man, that could spread the offense out. And you look at the weapons. You look at Stephon Diggs. You've got Khalil Shakir, right? Um, they're going to make no mistake about it. Brandon Bean is going to replenish the wide receiver court cupboard this offseason um, with a mix of free agent and the draft. I think this is the draft where he's going to hit early on and add some wide receivers to this team in the draft early. And you could see a double dip. It may be round one and round two. It may be round two and round three. It's going to be two. I think there's going to be at least two receivers added to the wide receiver room this offseason. At least two. And this is the draft class for wide receivers. It is incredibly deep at wide receiver. Pick your, I mean, just my goodness. You know, I don't want to get too far into, into draft season right now. Uh, maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll talk about some of my, we'll, we'll start to talk about, you know, some of my draft prospects at the wide receiver position. But needless to say, you can expect Sean McDermott, I mean, and, and Brandon Bean to add wide receivers. Okay. So now, especially speed. So if they add, a couple of wide receivers. Then you have Diggs and and, and Kalisha Kier, and then you're gonna have a couple of wide receivers added. You spread that ball out with the Kings, Cliff Kings, Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense, and whew, man, it'll be beautiful. All right. Now, another name, another name to throw out. Now, granted, this name could be a very short term 
temporary fix. Okay. Another name to to, to look at is Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy. Now, I said earlier that it's going to be very difficult when you have a defensive head coach to find top of the line offensive coordinators and offensive coaches to come to Buffalo because a lot of those guys who are, who, who are offensive coordinators, they're not making lateral moves. These guys are becoming head coaches, but very seldomly on, 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 on very rare occasions, do you find a guy who has an incredible pedigree as an offensive coordinator, but for whatever the reason doesn't land a head coaching job. And this is where Eric Bieniemy comes into play. Eric Bieniemy, we already know his 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 history with Andy Reid in, in in Kansas City. Then he decides to to leave, right, and 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 try to spread his wings and get out from underneath Andy Reid, so that way he can he can prove himself as a legitimate offensive coordinator, not just a guy in namesake or in title only, you know, underneath Andy Reid. And he went to Washington and did a very, you know, respectable job in Washington under the circumstances with Ron Rivera. The issue now becomes now Ron Rivera is gone. And then the, the, the commanders are looking for a new head coach. I don't think they've filled that position yet. But if Eric Bieniemy does not get the head coaching job in Washington. I personally think that he is going to be looking for another opportunity because let's just, let's just talk hypotheticals here. If the commanders decide to go a different route with their head coach, you can, it's fair to assume that they are going to bring that whoever that head coach is, they're going to bring in the new, their own offensive coordinator. If it's an offensive-minded head coach, you can be sure that Eric Bieniemy is not going to be there. If it's a defensive-minded guy, he may give Eric a chance to stay on. Okay, Eric may be like, you know what? Hey, no, I'm I'm leaving because you know I feel disrespected and slighted that you guys didn't didn't hire me to be the head coach. I'm going to go somewhere else and land me a job. You know, maybe I go through another another place and become a you know be an o, an OC and coach the heck out of that team and get myself in position again to be a head coach the next go-round. That's where I think Eric Bieniemy could come in. Because if he does not become a head coach in Washington, I don't think – I think I think the door is, is, is going to be closed this year because there's – I mean, you know, what other vacancies are there? Huh? Seattle? I haven't heard any news of Seattle um, interviewing or requesting to interview Eric Bieniemy. So, um, I think that he could be. I think he could be uh, uh, making a lateral decision, a lateral move. Uh, let me see here. Is Ben did Ben Johnson get hired? 
They're hiring. Okay. I'm, I'm just going through it. I'm looking. Okay. So that's perfect. Okay. I, I thank you. Five up. Uh, picture comes in and says, yo, um, Washington is hiring Ben Johnson. Okay. I, I just saw it at the same time that, that you, that you, uh, put that out. So there you go. So now what, isn't that something? Think about that. Think about how disrespected Eric Bieniemy could, I mean, probably feels right now. Here you have a guy who came in from Kansas City with this pedigree under Andy Reid. He comes in and, 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 and does a good job with their offense in Washington. They don't have a quarterback, mind you, okay? They fire the head coach in Ron Rivera, and then they go out and, 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 and are potentially about to hire Ben Johnson who's an offensive coordinator that is highly, I mean, I think Eric Bini would look at that and be like, yo, feel highly disrespected, highly disrespected. So if that's the word, and if that actually happens, um, and I'm looking at, I'm trying to look at, at uh, the commander's wire. They, they're saying that it's a foregone conclusion that Ben Johnson winds up as the commander's head coach. So, um, and this was, this came out today, um, earlier, earlier today. So we'll see. We'll see when they decide to make it official. But uh, it, it looks like Ben Johnson could be headed to Washington. So now. <laughs> wow. Wow. But now, so now you know. And then you got Seattle, who they're looking probably to get Dan Quinn, right? Um, who has previous ties there with Seattle. So now, so now you have these coaches who are on the outside looking in. You've got you've got Vrabel on the outside looking in. You get you got Bill Belichick outside. You've got and now you could possibly have have Eric Bieniemy on the outside. Like these are this is weird, right? This is a weird year where these these legit coaches are finding themselves on the outside looking in. So now, if Bieniemy does not land a job, I think it would be, man. Again, it could be just for a one year thing. But if Sean McDermott says, "Hey, Eric." What do you say about coming along and becoming my offensive coordinator here? And you get a chance to coach Josh Allen along with Diggs, Shakir, Kincaid, Knox, Cook, and whoever else they draft and bring in free agency. And, oh, by the way, you're going to get your chance at revenge against Kansas City and Andy Reid. <laughs> Think about that. Think about that for a second. How enticing that could be for, for a guy like Eric Bieniemy. And if Eric Bieniemy is able to come in and in one year, in one year, um, revamp the offense and they go into playoffs and he beats them, man. Now, the thing is, Eric Bieniemy could be, could be on his way out the following year, right? But that that that's a... That's a risk you have to you have to weigh. Okay, but at least you know that's a an experienced offensive coordinator. And that's the point I'm getting to. Um, that's something that I would be very intrigued, and I would be like, mm, man, that 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 could be a good option, though. Eric Bienemy or Joe Brady, right? Um, either way, I think you're gonna have to be content with losing an offensive coordinator every two years. As long as Sean McDermott is in, is in place, 
you have to be willing to 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 lose an offensive coordinator every couple of years or so, right? And so if Eric Bieniemy comes in, he's going to be gone in a year. Joe Brady, if he gets the interim tag removed and he gets promoted, you I, I guarantee after the twenty four season, if he does another remarkable job in his own offense, coaching Josh Allen, I mean, come on. A year and a half, he's out. So that's even shorter than two years. You know what I'm saying? So I know that may be a concern for some people. Like, man, why would we hire a guy in here to be the uh, OC for one year and to leave? It's really not going to be any difference. Because as long as Sean McDermott is in place, your offensive coordinators are only going to be here two years max. With Josh Allen, two years max. Three at the most, depending upon how young and how, how you know, and how inexperienced they are. So uh, that's that's kind of where we are right now. And so I want to hear you, you, you guys' thoughts. Where, where do you think Sean McDermott needs to go? You know, when you look at offense, where does he need to go? Should he just go ahead and remove the, the interim tag and just give it to Joe Brady? Or are there any other candidates that I hadn't discussed that you think could be good options? Cass Gut comes in. He says, yo, KC knows him, though, referring to Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, Spagnuolo does know him. But you have to uh, you have to um, believe that, um, he, you know, he's an experienced coach and he can make some wrinkles as well. Because, granted, though KC knows Eric Bieniemy, Eric Bieniemy knows KC. Right, he knows that offense inside and out, backwards and forwards, and he also knows their defense. But Steve Spagnolo, so hey, it looks like both of us know each other, <laughs> you know. And so uh, it, it, it's it's going to be it, it'll it'll be a wash in that regard. But I would be man, it oh, it'd be it would be difficult for me to pass up on a guy like Eric Bieniemy. It really would. Because when you think about it, I mean, Joe Brady is kind of an unknown to a degree, right? I mean, we've seen what he was able to do with Ken Dorsey's offense, but, I mean, we don't know what his offense is going to look like. And we can kind of go back to Carolina, but they had no quarterback. They really didn't really have any anything at all. And then you had a guy, Matt Rule, who wanted to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. And Joe Brady was trying to pass, pass, pass. You know what I'm saying? So um, that's why they butt heads. You don't know, but I I think you can't go wrong with either one of them. I think that Sean McDermott is going to have his hands full. And these, these, these hires, well, I wouldn't even say the defensive side. I would say the offensive coordinator position. This job, this hire could be the most important hire of his career right now. This stage of his career, this could be make or break for Sean McDermott. They could either make him or break him. But now, I, I'm just and I'm just I'm just thinking out loud here because this this I'm getting these thoughts. Think about this for a second here. Let's say, and I and I, and I wonder if Sean would even do it because of the reason that I'm about to bring up. 
Let's say Eric Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator here in Buffalo. All right. If he's the offensive coordinator in Buffalo, and let's say for whatever reason, the Bills again have another unceremoniously exit in the playoffs. They get they lose in the division round again. Or let's say they go to the AFC Championship game and they lose. Whatever the case may be, they, they don't go to the Super Bowl. Terry Pugula is probably at that point, he's going to be as fed up. He's probably tired. He's like, I need a change. I need, I need a new face of this team, of this organization, especially when I've got a brand new stadium that needs to be filled in a couple of years. You know, I can't go in here with the guy who is sucking, you know, the morale from the fan base. I need somebody to bring me some kind of hope and bring hope in the fan base and give me something new. You have a guy in Eric Bieniemy on staff as the OC who has a lot of experience and has been interviewed for head coaches and for whatever reason has been overlooked. What if, what if, if something like that were to happen, here he is in-house, he gets promoted to be the new head coach of the Buffalo Bills. Again, I am way out there, but I'm just saying that could be another possibility, and it could be a reason why Sean McDermott could avoid bringing in Eric Bieniemy because that could be some pressure on him that he probably doesn't want to put on himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't necessarily want a guy who could take my job in a year if things don't pan out. So let me get a guy who I think, you know, uh, is not going to supersede me and a guy like Joe Brady, you know. Anyway, guys, uh, look, shout out to you all. Um, I told you I, I wasn't going to be on here that long tonight. Um, I really just wanted to take this time and just go through what we've seen so far with the coaching news and the coaching cycle here in Buffalo and and what's going on, Eric Washington leaving, and then you got Bobby Babbage, you know, being, you know, looked at by three teams and what all that looks like here for the Buffalo Bills and what Sean McDermott is going to be doing. And he's interviewing Sean Desai and is, is Bobby Babbage going to get promoted and what's going to happen. And then you got Joe Brady. Oh, we, you know, I wanted to take this time to really go through that because I think that these are important hires for Sean McDermott that could make or break him. And I, I wanted to get that out. So shout out to you all for, for being willing to join me tonight. Um, do me this favor on your way out. Smash that like, if you will be so kind to do so. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. Go to supportbf.com also and follow us on all of our social media platforms. Ladies and gentlemen, again, enjoy your evening. Um, I will be back same time uh, next week um, because then I'm probably going to be doing my season recap um, just ahead of the Super Bowl or probably not. Well, yeah, my, my season recap. Um, while we kind of have a lull between the Super Bowl and the, and the Ace Championship game. And uh, I'll be giving about some of my awards and all that kind of stuff. And I'll take some time to really just get into all of that. And we get to go over the season and what we thought about what happened. So stay tuned until next week. All right. But until then, um, you guys enjoy the rest of your evening. Enjoy um, the slate of games tomorrow, uh, if you can. Any idea? What, what are you guys' picks for for tomorrow? Who are your Super Bowl picks? Who is going to win? I think the script is already out. Um, they, 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 the NFL has come, hasn't come this far 
not to keep up with the script. And for those who know what I'm talking about or don't know what I'm talking about, I'm talking about the NFL uh, Super Bowl logo conspiracy that's out there. Um, if you haven't seen it, go ahead and just Google it. It's all over the place. Um, this will be the third straight year in which the the Super Bowl logos have determined who will be playing in the Super Bowl. And what they're saying this year, it's the San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens. So now, what do y'all think? Um, for me, it's easy. I want the Ravens. Ravens flock all day, baby. All day, every day. Give me Lamar Jackson. I want them to beat the ever-loving you-know-what off of the Kansas City Chiefs. I can't stand them. High level of disdain for that team. I don't like them. I don't like Pat Mahomes. I don't like, I don't like none of them. I don't like Kelsey. I don't like the Swifties. I don't like none of them. None of them. None of them. Beat them up. That's where I'm at. Um, and then the Niners. Let's just, let's go ahead and just let's just have a 10-year anniversary, you know, of, 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 the, of the 49ers versus the Baltimore Ravens. Wouldn't the NFL want that? Okay. And then uh, I want the Ravens to win in the Super Bowl, but I don't think it's going to happen. I think according to the logo conspiracy, I think this year is going to be the Niners. It's going to win. I could be wrong, but we'll see. And uh, I'll have some hot takes, man. Like, if the NFL actually goes through with this for the third consecutive year and we see the Ravens and the Niners in the Super Bowl, this could be your last time seeing Rev. because. This will let me know that the NFL is freaking scripted and they're doing this stuff on purpose. And I don't know how much of that I can take. They're, they'll be turning this thing into WWE. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know if, I, if, if, I'm, if I'm for that or not. So anyway, um, we'll see what happens. But enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy the games. And as always, grace and peace. God bless. Go Bills. I'll holler at y'all again. you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. 
you made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.